Hey there, welcome to the Universe Pondering Itself podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Radiance. If you're looking for a way to manifest goodness, money, your greatest dreams, you have come to the right place. I'm so stoked you're here. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Greetings from Bog Hot Springs, Nevada. Today, I want to talk about how we can learn to be our own Valentine because learning to love ourselves through conscious forgiveness and letting go of addictive behavior is a deep soul dive. It doesn't matter if you're single or taken on Valentine's Day. What is most important is that you love yourself. So I want to share a excerpt from Tara Brock's book, Radical Compassion, which I have been enjoying to the core, absorbing, and I just want to share some takeaways with you. We are social animals, and our survival and flourishing rely in part on the nurturing of others. It's entirely natural to want to feel special, to want to be treated in certain ways, to want a particular person as a partner. Yet this wanting can cause suffering if it takes over. Our attention becomes fixated on an external source, as if who we are and our entire well-being depended on someone relating to us in a certain way. The purpose of tracing back desire is to connect you with an inner source so that your wants motivate you but don't control and limit your life. When you're practicing with tracing back desire and you arrive at the desire to be special to someone, I invite you to deepen your investigation. Make the U-turn by shifting your attention from the person you want, real or imagined, and starting to imagine and explore the inner experience of feeling special. If you were special to someone, how would that make you feel inside? Warm? Relaxed? Glowing? Vibrant? Connected to everything? Whatever positive feeling you find, perhaps warmth and aliveness, let it fill you. Get familiar with it. This is what you are really wanting. This is the felt sense of being special. And it's here inside you. Get to know and trust this inner source of well-being. You will naturally feel the urge to find that special person as well. And that's fine. But if you know that what you long for can also be found within, you will create much more ease, grace, and contentment in your life. Most of us believe we should be able to control ourselves and that our cravings mean we're failing, particularly when we act on them. This shame fuels the core sense of deficiency that often drives addictive behavior. The beginning of freedom is to bring a healing attention to our shame. When we are deprived, craving is natural. If you haven't eaten for a long time, your body will crave food. Similarly, if we are deprived of food, attention, and security, we will crave fulfillment of these universal needs. And if those needs go unmet, that craving will transfer itself to a substitute like food, sex, or drugs. 
It's not your fault that you have unmet needs and that they are driving you to substitute gratifications. Countless humans are in the same boat. When shame comes up, try calling on the wisest, most loving part of your being, your future or evolved self. See through those compassionate eyes and tell your small self, it's not your fault. Or try saying, you're okay, sweetheart. Or, these cravings are yours, but they are not all of you. And remind yourself, others feel this too. If you bring a compassionate presence to shame over and over again, it will gradually loosen its grip and you will find yourself able to respond to the cravings in a fresh and resourceful way. We don't have to wait until we're dying to free our hearts from the coils of resentment, anger, and blame. Yet because these habits of aggression are so deeply ingrained, we do have to be dedicated and purposeful in order to release them. Otherwise, we risk spending decades in a trance that keeps us from feeling truly close or intimate with anyone, including ourselves. Take a few moments now to travel into the future and imagine yourself close to death. Now, as if you were looking back through the years, reflect on an important relationship. Was there openness, acceptance, and care? Or were you distanced by judgment, anger, and blame? If you were with this person right now, how might this end of life perspective guide you? Witnessing how resentment ensnares our heart moves us toward a path of forgiving in large and small ways. At the root of it all, we most deeply want to be loving and free. There is a wisdom in us that knows that we need to blame, that we need to release blame if we are to love each other and love our life. We've all been wounded by others, neglected, not seen, rejected disrespected. Many of us and those we love have been abused or devalued and systematically oppressed because of our sexual orientation, gender identity, race, or religion. Anger has an intelligence. It is an essential survival emotion. We need to pay attention when it mobilizes our bodies and fills our minds with stories of wrongdoing. It alerts us to marshal our energies against obstacles to our well-being. We need to create better boundaries so we can defend ourselves from physical threats to make our needs or views heard when we've been silenced. And on a societal level, anger in response to oppression can energize the call for justice. Yet as Buddhist teacher and author Ruth King writes, Anger is not transformative, it is initiatory. It's an energy we need to use wisely. But what if our stories of blame go on and on? What if we regularly feel triggered, victimized, and angry, and our blame is directed toward all sorts of people, including ourselves? Chronic blame and resentment almost always signal a painfully limiting trance as the on button becomes jammed, our anger hardens into armor, 
around our heart, like a scab that never falls off. It prevents the light and warmth of awareness from healing our wounds. It leads us to react from fear rather than respond to our circumstances with wisdom. And it separates us from others, undermining understanding, empathy, and intimacy. When we are in a trance, we become what one of my friends calls blame, ready to happen. Like heat-seeking missiles, we're easily triggered by a tone of voice, an offhand comment, being kept waiting, a lack of attention. Our reaction is out of proportion to what is occurring, and we habitually assume that others are judging us, taking advantage of us, disrespecting us, or pushing us away. Or we may nurse slow-burning resentment. Perhaps our teen neglects household tasks or our partner spends too much time working. This chronic resentment is insidious. It creates an unseen distance that gets in the way of loving and enjoying others. Now I invite you to participate in this reflection with me. When we're in trance, We are easily triggered by situations and people that are associated, often unconsciously, with our original wounds. Awakening from trance begins with recognizing when we are inside it, when our thoughts and feelings are operating under the line, outside conscious awareness. While it's natural to be annoyed or hurt by certain behaviors directed toward us, The trance of blame produces a stronger, more painful, and more lasting response. Ask yourself these questions. How regularly am I triggered? When I'm blaming someone, does it take over my whole experience of them? With these questions in mind, notice your reaction in situations when people criticize you. Don't listen or seem interested when you're talking. Say they're too busy to see you. Don't respond to emails or texts. Let you down. Don't help you enough to do their part. Don't show you appreciation. Demand too much from you. Disagree with you. Have something you want. Wealth. Job. Home. Children. Partner. Maybe they're always late. When we're caught in the trance of anger and blame, our survival brain shapes every dimension of our experience. Our bodies are tense, our hearts numb or constricted, our thinking is agitated and rigid. The thicker the trance, the less we have access to our prefrontal cortex, the home of reason, mindfulness, and empathy. This cutoff from our whole brain dramatically impacts how we perceive others. Rather than real beings with subjective feelings like ourselves, they become what I call unreal others. Our attention focuses on their faults, their difference from us, or how they are threatening or impeding us. At the same time, our self-sense narrows and we become an unreal self identified as a victim identified with our righteous anger. When the aperture of our attention contracts in this way, we are living below the line, unable to feel connected with others or at home.
with ourselves. And I invite you to join me for one more reflection. I want you to bring to mind a recent conflict with a friend, partner, or family member. Now view this as a movie, including what triggered the conflict, and then freeze the frame at a high point of tension. In those moments, what are you focused on? Is it a facial expression communicating anger or vengefulness, aversion, or disrespect? Words or a tone of voice conveying those emotions? Are you seeing them as a bad, unreal other? What happens when you consider the challenges they face? Might they be feeling hurt, stressed, anxious, deficient? upset with themselves? What happens when you remind yourself of the things you value about them, the ways they can be caring, helpful, creative, and engaging? Now, can you shift your perspective to yourself? From this perspective seat of consciousness, how do you imagine you look when you are caught in blame? How do you sound? How does your body feel? Your heart? Are you in the role of angry or hurt victim? Self-righteous judge? Threatening aggressor? Mm, Do you like yourself this way? Is this who you really are? What are you forgetting about your own path and pain and vulnerability? What are you forgetting about your goodness? What are you forgetting about what really matters in your heart? When we unconsciously perceive people as bad, unreal others, it's so easy to hurt them. When we no longer see them as the subjective feeling beings that we are. Unfortunately, the unreal othering is the tragic grounds for oppressing whole groups of people whom we deem inferior, dangerous, dangerous, or hostile because of characterizations such as race or class, religion or political views, and sexual orientation or identity. We're going to talk about this in a future podcast episode. For now, still less recognized are unreal othering and violence toward non-human species. I think I remember reading somewhere that in New Zealand, it is illegal to kill any sentient beings. And the good news is that our evolving brains have the capacity for mindfulness and compassion. We can always emerge from trance. We can see ourselves and others more clearly, and we can cultivate a forgiving heart. Now I want to talk about misunderstandings about forgiveness. Our body, our heart, and our mind naturally contract defensively when we feel hurt, and there's intelligence to that contraction. The message of anger and blame is this. I'm threatened. There is an obstacle to my well-being. Before moving toward forgiveness, we need to protect ourselves from any imminent danger. We also need to offer acceptance and compassionate presence to whatever emotions we experience. By passing an emotion like hate or anger, by ignoring or pushing it away, can lead to what I call premature forgiveness. We might assume we've forgiven, but actually 
we've dissociated from the very feelings that need our attention. If we've experienced abuse or other forms of trauma, it is particularly important to respect the message of anger and take whatever time we need to find a safe space for healing. The idea that we can and quote unquote should, I hate that word should, (laughs) you ought to not should on yourself. (laughs) Forgive a perpetuator may bring up shame and failure and divert from the natural healing process. Rather than trying to access compassion for another, our full attention needs to be on what gives us a feeling of efficacy and strength. This means feeling our anger, honoring the need for protection and offering ourselves self-compassion and care. When we've healed enough to be able to think about the person who perpetuated the trauma without being triggered, we can begin to include them as a real other in our heart. Now, please note that forgiving is not condoning harmful behavior, nor does it mean passivity or inaction. When we forgive, we are in no way saying what you did is okay, or that will allow the behavior to continue. If a friend betrays our confidence, we can forgive and also create new boundaries, no longer sharing what feels private. We can forgive an ex-partner for emotional abuse and choose never again to be alone with them. We can forgive a therapist or teacher for unethical or harmful behavior and also inform the proper authorities as well as other people who might be at risk. While the energy of anger may catalyze us, it can't sustain us in the long run. We need forgiveness to go hand in hand with a deep dedication to social activism. And we're going to get deep, dive deep into this topic in an upcoming episode, so stay tuned. We can forgive politicians who are responsible for destroying our Earth's ecosystem and throw ourselves into supporting the movements and leaders that reflect our values. We can release hatred or blame toward those who perpetuate the oppression of marginalized people and devote ourselves to reducing bias and seeking justice and reparation for those who are being harmed. We often need support, especially if we've experienced traumatic wounding. Forgiving does not have to be done on our own. We might choose trauma therapy, work with a healer or spiritual counselor, or share with trusted friends. Now it's worth mentioning that I am a IFC certified coach, which means that I am officially certified to help you find your life purpose through the International International Federation Coaching Body, which is the only accredited certification for coaches out there. So if you're feeling lost inside yourself, feel free to check out my offering. If you want to find out more details about how we could work together in a safe container and I help you actualize your passions in life, check out my offering at bit.ly forward slash you are worthy coaching. That's bit.ly 
forward slash Y-O-U-A-R-E-W-O-R-T-H-Y-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. When an entire group has been traumatized, such as those who've lost friends and family in a church bombing, in a shooting rampage, or in war, help often comes first through a collective sharing of fear and grief, through ritual and prayer, and through the powerful and healing experience of belonging to something larger, a fellowship of kindred spirits. Cultivating a forgiving heart in response to both deep violations and small grievances is a lifelong process. Like physical healing, it has its own energetic timing and can't be rushed, especially when we have deep wounds. Healing happens in stages. We often need to bring a caring attention to unfolding layers of anger, fear, shame, and grief. For many people, blame and resentment are strongest in our closest, most significant relationships. This means we are apt to be continually re-triggered. You might find that every time your partner seems at all judgmental, you contract into a frightened, angry, armored self. You may have to move through many rounds of connecting with the hurt under your armor, nurturing yourself, and letting go of anger. As you do, you'll find that each round helps to heal your woundedness. Each round empowers you. Each round gives you a larger sense of who you are and makes it more possible to live without pushing others out of your heart. In my own practice, when I realize I'm caught in the trance of blame, I ask myself three questions that help guide me through these three stages of awakening from blame. The first is, what is my deepest intention in this relationship? This reminds me of my longing for an awake, open heart, a forgiving heart. The second is, What am I willing to feel or running from inside me? This enables the U-turn, shifting my attention from the other person to the vulnerability under my armoring of blame. The third is, what is really true about this person? How might they be struggling? What matters most to them? Mm, This helps me remember the person's humanness, suffering, and goodness. Imagine that you're walking in the woods and see a dog sitting by a tree. You go over to greet it and suddenly it springs at you with bared fangs. You jump back, angry and afraid. Then you notice that one of its paws is caught in a trap. Your entire mood shifts and now you are filled with concern. Still, you might not step too close. It's dangerous, but your heart actively wants to help this dog. The shift from blame to care occurs the moment you realize that the dog's aggression is coming from vulnerability and pain. This applies to us all. When we behave in hurtful ways, it is because we are caught in some kind of painful trap. You might bring to mind someone who has hurt you. Can you see how he or she is entrapped by wounds and fears? When Oprah Winfrey did a show about childhood trauma, she talked about how early wounds become precursors to violent behavior. Rather than blame, she said, a person needs to ask this important question. What happened? What pain from the past drove this behavior? 
In a New York Times interview, the rapper Jay-Z put it this way. Oh, you got bullied as a kid, so you trying to bully me. I understand. And once I understand that, instead of reacting to that with anger, I can provide a softer landing and maybe, oh man, is you okay? If we could read the secret history of our enemies, we should find in each person's life sorrow and suffering enough to disarm all hostility. Everybody experiences suffering, beautiful soul. Know that you're not alone. And know that there are beautiful practices that you can employ to, as you witness that suffering, envision that suffering for that person and what they're going through as you inhale and as you exhale send them love and caring and kindness and respect and healing energy and this dear friends is a ancient buddhist practice tonglen as we inhale we inhale and take in all of their suffering perhaps we're driving on the highway and we witness a an accident and it looks like maybe there was even possibly a fatality and we imagine the experience of this situation for the people involved as we inhale and as we exhale we send them all the love and all the compassion and all the kindness and all the healing energies for all victims and parties involved as we can muster So I just want you to know that you're never alone. You are never alone. And I want you to meditate on that when things feel challenging. You're never alone. You're never the only person who's suffering in the world. And that can, I think, bring us a sense of comfort and peace and knowing that this is not anyone's struggle to go through alone. You're never alone. You're always here surrounded by, bathed in love. You just have to reach out and touch it. Reach out and touch it. (laughs) Oh, and I hope you have a beautiful Valentine's Day, beautiful soul. And like I said, whether you're single or in a relationship, it don't matter. What matters is you love yourself. I'll always be loving you. I'm recording a Valentine's Day episode because I feel inspired. (laughs) Oh, weird. I'm not a Mormon. I'm a lore cat. I'm a lore cat. The lore cattiest cat you ever did see. Sassy as can be. Don't you mess with me Or you'll be sorry I'll bear my teeth and bear my claws And next thing you know there is a brawl But baby, you brought it upon yourself And if you decide to step back and get some perspective well baby kudos to you intelligence emotionally brewing stronger in you kudos
kudos to you. beautiful soul whether you're single or in a relationship know that you are capable of all the greatness and all the worthiness that you've ever experienced in life and so much more feel free to check out my offering I'm going to share it once again at bit.ly bit.ly forward slash you are worthy coaching and we'll see if we're a good match coaching is kind of like dating (laughs) there are some people that you know approach me to coach and i have to mm, kind of send them to a different resource because i'm not qualified to help them and that's part of my ethical standards for ethical business practices So, yeah, if you're feeling the call, feel free to reach out to me via that link and we'll see if we're a good match. One love, many blessings. If you liked what you heard, Head on over to Apple Podcasts, search Universe Pondering Itself. When it shows up in your search results, click on it and please leave a review and rating. And after you've done that, take a screenshot of your rating and review and send it over to support at universeponderingllc.com. And as a thank you, we'll give you free access to a 60-minute masterclass, Let Go of the Scarcity Mindset, to help you effortlessly manifest success while quickly filling your bank account. Again, please leave a review and rating for Universe Pondering Itself over on Apple Podcasts. And after you've done that, take a screenshot of your rating and review and send it over to support at universeponderingllc.com. And as a thank you, we'll go ahead and give you access to our 60-minute masterclass, absolutely free. Thanks for your support. Hey there, before you go, are you looking for more high-level support and curious to see if I can help you reach new heights with your personal and professional life in an intimate setting? I'm seeking three motivated individuals who want to scale to 10k months with their business. Whether you sell products or services, we'll powerfully collaborate and combine forces as I help you automate as many of your processes as possible so you can spend more time doing what you love and manifest money in your sleep. 
I will provide you with mindset coaching that I've acquired through my compassionate art studies at Harvard, share insider business strategies, and help you blossom into an amazing entrepreneur who makes $10,000 a month or more. The universe is constantly expanding, so why limit ourselves? I'm well-versed in all aspects of starting a successful online business, everything from running a Facebook group, course, and digital product creation, to building a nourishing email sequence that will ensure you make sales. I'll use my Ivy League scholarly prowess to provide you with a comprehensive and extraordinary deep dive into yourself as you unearth your unique superpowers and construct business that does not burn you out but rather fires you up. Imagine waking up every morning so ready to take on the day as you implement the proving strategies and techniques I share with you. As a cognitive scientist and organic marketer, I can help you quickly scale your business to 10K or more every month in any industry. I will show you how to quickly grow your email list and following on social media to thousands of loyal, devoted subscribers without spending a penny on ads. If this sounds interesting to you, I invite you to message me, Lauren Radiance, directly by going to bit.ly forward slash message LR on FB and send me the words case study. That's bit.ly forward slash M-E-S-S-A-G-E-L-R-O-N-F-B. This will pull up my Facebook Messenger, so make sure you're already logged into your Facebook account. Send me the words case study and I will reply with details in 24 hours.